0: It's, it's hard because people look at the social media wins and don't grasp that even if you're only seeing the wins, right? you're not seeing the failures, they're not seeing the time of the overnight success. They're not realizing everybody, and I mean everybody across the board, had a long period of time before they had that overnight success.
1: Life is gonna give you challenges, struggles. It's gonna force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. We did it, everybody. We got to episode 300. Welcome to University of Adversity. If you guys are just tuning in for the first time, welcome to the family. All you regular listeners, welcome back. What a ride it has been. We started this December 2018, and now here we are. We would have got here sooner if we kept three episodes a week from the beginning, but here we are. It's been an absolute game changer in my life and impacted so many people. So many of you guys have reached out and been like, Your show has helped me so much, you know, help me see through the dark, you, 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 the stories and the vulnerability and all of that stuff has impacted you guys, and to be honest with you, it's impacted me so much. It's completely changed my life. So we've, we've done it. We're at episode 300. We have a very special guest for you today that I'm going to get into in just a minute. I just wanted to cover one thing, though. Whenever you're listening to this episode, we launched a crowdfunding campaign March 1st, 2021. That'll go on till April 1st, and that is the crowdfunding campaign for my new book, Mastering Adversity. This is gonna take care of all the costs, all the things that it, it means to market the book, write the book, get it edited, get it published, all the things, coaching, because I knew that I wouldn't be able to do this on my own. So this crowdfunding campaign is so powerful because we get to build steam, we get to build momentum and step into this. And while I'm writing it, gives me the confidence to deliver the best value possible. The, go- the book is going to be about tying in my crazy story, all the things I've been through, all the different shit that I've gone through and overcome and into together with all of the amazing minds, all the, all the brilliance and inspiration that I've extracted from 300 people <laughs> into a tangible resource, for the students of life, it's going to be a field manual for the students of life give you a tangible resource that'll help you get through the shit, the struggle you're in and onto your next level, your breakthrough, your success, whatever you need to do. I want this to be the resource for that. And while we're doing this campaign, we put together some different packages. We're going to be putting on a university of adversity summit. So when you buy that, you get a bunch of books, plus you get a ticket to the summit. We're going to be having Three days, six speakers a day. It's going to be jam-packed. I'm going to be interviewing them live. You guys don't want to miss that. More details to come. Also going to be doing one-on-one coaching that I'm going to really help you launch a podcast from scratch, a successful podcast within two hours. And my method itself is unique. So it'll change your life. and It'll change how you look at podcasting. That's another offer. So all of that stuff is really just contributing to the funding of this book so that not only mastering adversity can get into more lives, but university of adversity in this entire movement, the community can grow and get into more people's lives. And that's the goal. So gonna to continue to keep going and pushing and anybody that's supported so far, thank you. You have till April 1st to get in your orders for this crowdfunding campaign, whether it's the individual book or the bundles itself. So today's guest, <laughs> This guy cannot speak enough about him. He has spent over 60 million plus on influencers. He's the youngest founder of a publicly traded company. He's invested in over 36 companies. He's been a speaker at over 250 events, made 4 million in 147 days with his new sports card shop, Cards & Coffee in Los Angeles. He has an amazing charity called the Model Citizen Fund, where they create backpacks filled with 150 emergency emergency supply items for the homeless, which is so awesome because what a great way, what a great option for to give the homeless like a backpack with things that they can actually use a tangible resource, which is which is incredible. So Dan has been somebody that I have admired for a while. I really like his realness, his approach, like just his videos on social media are something that I gravitated towards. They can teach you pretty much anything. You can learn anything from the social media. And his story is really about resilience and just believing in himself, just keeping going. Even though he's been through some challenging stuff himself that he doesn't really go into specifically, and I wanted to respect that, but he uses his, his his ability to work and create, and create massive success very well. And he channels that into these these projects and building community and building relationships, and he's just dominating. So if you wanna learn how to launch a successful business, if you wanna learn the tools it takes, you wanna know all the resources, go check out his social media and go follow him, go follow all, his, all the things he does. His events are some of the best events in the world. And we get into all of that. So listen to this right till the end. I'm telling you that you're gonna to wanna to get out a notepad or in your phone, you're gonna to wanna to take notes because this guy drops absolute fire. And I want you guys to really take action with the stuff that he's teaching you. Whether you're an entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur, you're a beginner, or you're more in the personal development world and you're thinking of putting together a business, all this stuff will apply to you. This will be powerful. And the man, the man himself, Dan Fleischman, is here today, and he's going to show you how it's all done. So, without further ado, episode 300 was absolute fire. I love you guys. I appreciate it with you. Dan Fleischman coming right up. My man, Dan Fleischman, joining us on University of Adversity. What's up, brother? Thank you so much for coming on today. Just happy to be here. <laughs> Dude, so I've been following your work for a while. And anybody that isn't following you on social media, go do it. You, What you do, your work is so great because there's so much to learn on there. Like you could literally learn anything just from your social media and the value that you give and what you're doing and the success you've been able to create is really inspiring for, you know, people like myself who've been on this journey for the last couple of years and just kind of trying to navigate all of the things and, and, you know, figure out the best way on how to do things. So I want to start in the beginning. I'm not going to get you to go into your full backstory. I really want to just go in one one beginning part here and talk about your childhood. Because I know that you had a lot of success early. And what fascinates me about about your story is your ability to learn so much and to be able to create that success at such a young age and I put myself in your shoes and I'm like, how is that? How'd that guy even do that? Like, how is that possible? Because there's so much shit going on at that age. And to be able to put that into a business and be able to just create the success you've done is, is really amazing. So if you could walk us through what your childhood was like, I know you grew up in long beach, paint yep. that picture for us a little bit of how you got on that journey and how you learned some of those valuable skills that you applied so young. Sure. I think the the
0: end point I can tell you at the beginning is, if you throw someone in the pool, they got to figure out how to swim or die, right? Mm. And so that's the end of what I'm going to say story-wise of how I how I did is because I had to swim or die. Mm. So essentially, we moved here when I was six months old from a, a little place called Riga, Latvia. Grew up in Long Beach. Uh, I had to learn English from watching TV and from you know like I didn't go to normal school until I was a little bit older, and then uh, the family was all learning English at the same time. And so when I was eight years old, moved to San Diego, and I started working right away. Like from four years old to eight years old, I was buying and selling baseball cards at the swap meet. Every single weekend, my parents would sell Levi's jeans at the back of a van, and I had a little table, five years old, six years old, seven years old, selling baseball cards like little Gary V. And so then uh, in high school, I started working three jobs simultaneously. I was selling cotton candy and peanuts and cracker jacks at the stadium. Peanuts, cracker jacks. And at nighttime, I was working at Ruby's Diner with a sailor's cap on. And then in the daytimes from my lunch break till three o'clock, if I didn't have school those days, where I got my classes done early, I was able to leave on a work leave and go work for a stockbroker also. So I had three simultaneous jobs all throughout my junior and senior year. And I was saving up all this money so that I could go to college because obviously my family couldn't afford it. So I was saving up all the money so I could pay for, for San Diego State instead at 17, we trademarked a catchphrase, who's your daddy, for over 300 different products. And we started off with t-shirts. So I was just making t-shirts at school, literally printing them for five bucks, selling them for 15 bucks. We sold a hundred shirts. by $1,500, I'm like, ah, I'm a millionaire, right? Like this is it. Made another hundred shirts, sold through those. I'm like, okay, well now we're onto something. It wasn't just our school, other schools started wanting to buy our shirts because it was just big, bold, who's your daddy. It was just a funny saying. So we go to the the convention called MAGIC, the huge conference in Las Vegas. We're 18 years old. We find out when we get there, you have to be 21 to register or have a booth. We'd already paid for our booth, but we're only 18, right? I'm only 17. My partner's 18. I'm 17 and three quarters. And so the taxi cab driver takes us to a grocery store that had a vending machine that you could print business cards out of a vending machine. This is literally how it started. I had to print a business card out of a vending machine, go back to the convention and say, oh, I don't have my driver's license with me, but I do have my business card. So that's how we registered for our first convention. And luckily we we knew someone in town that helped us check into the room. You couldn't even check into a hotel room back then in Vegas at under 21 years old. And so anyways, we get our booth. We think we're big time. We get two booths, right? 20 feet long. We're gonna be huge. We get there, FUBU is on one side, which is like the entire walkway. They spent like 1.4 million on a booth. And Puff Daddy had just on Sean John, the same, the same convention on the left. It's the entire walkway. He spent $2 million, two-story mega, looks like a mansion. Mm-hmm. Ours is 20 feet of like, you know, <laughs> nothing. Right. It's just t-shirts and sweaters hanging on the wall. And so you get humbled real quick, right? When you think you're gonna be big time by getting double the size booth when in actuality you're 1 40th of the size of your competitors. So during that show on the very first day, we start writing orders and we, I like two hours into it. I had to leave to go print order forms cause we didn't even have order forms. We didn't even think about that. We thought people were just going to meet us. Remember this is before social media. This is 1999. Yeah. And so make order forms, get some orders on the next day. Nordstrom's comes to us and offers us an exclusive $1 million minimum exclusive one-year deal. We're about to poop our pants, right? We're so excited. We don't know what to do. I call my older brother. My partner calls his dad. They both said the exact same thing, the exact same time. Close your booth down and come home. Let's figure this out. If they want you, that means everybody else is going to want you too. The only reason they would give you an exclusive is because you're onto something. We were like, no, we're not closing our booth down. We won't give an exclusive, but we're not leaving. We're, we're going to keep selling. So we ended up writing over a million dollars in orders during those next few days. Norstroms buys from us as well, like a 200K, a smaller order, ends up staying with us for six years. So this is the whole whirlwind of high school getting set up our first convention. The following year, we do $9.5 million in sales. Three years later, we take it public on the stock market to launch the energy drink under the same name from 23 years old to 27 years old. I don't remember whatsoever. All I did was drive, fly, trains, automobiles, everywhere. So sell, 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 and we got the drink into 55,000 retail stores in America. And I sincerely can't remember a birthday party, a girl, any, I, nothing. I just sold for half a decade, and uh, that was kind of the culmination of if you throw me in the pool, I'm going to survive, right? And so I saved up money to try to go to college. Instead, use all the money to start my company. And then once you start your company, you go. Through, there's a lot of roller coasters in between there of lawsuits and people dying and like the crazy stuff happens along the way. Uh, but ultimately it's just, you have to swim.
1: How did you learn that those skills? Like, how did you, there's a certain amount of belief that you need to do that. Right. And what, who, who instilled that in you, man? Because growing up, because it's, it's, I, I just, I always put myself, I put young Lance and I think about. Holy fuck. Like how, how do you get through that when people are telling, you no at such a young age though, if you believe in yourself and your product, and you
0: believe that's good value or a good price point and people are going to enjoy it, it's rude of you to not sell it. Mm. And so I felt rude if I didn't sell every single day, I felt rude if I didn't market it and make everybody taste my drinks or buy my clothes, specifically the drinks more than the clothes because clothes you didn't need. That was just fun. With the drinks, it was a functional energy drink. It was the first flavored energy drink. It was the first green tea energy drink. It was the first zero sugar, zero carb, zero calorie energy drink when all the other ones were filled up with sugar and all these other things. And so I believed in my product that was 33% less expensive. They were $2.99. I was $1.99. I had a better quality product. It tasted good. I won flavor of the year. There was 900 drinks in the market. I won flavor of the year back-to-back years. And so I made a product that I actually believed in. I didn't just white label a drink like everybody else did. And so when I walked in, I spoke with conviction because I believe in my product and I know that it sells well because the other guy sold it, the other guy sold it, the other guy sold it. Meaning I would go in to meet with Costco and in the first minute, tell them about Ralph's Albertson 7-Eleven. When I first went to Ralph's, I told them about Albertson's 7-Eleven. When I first went to 7-Eleven, I told them, hey, take some cases for all your stores over here for free. Pay me later if it works. So I did whatever I could to just get in the door. And then once I did that, every meeting was easier than the next because I wasn't selling anymore. I was explaining, I'm already in this store. I'm already in this store. I'm already in this store. How many do you want? Not are you going to take it? How many are you going to take? You have to take it because I'm already in all your competitors.
1: And you probably learn at a young age like how important building these and cultivating these relationships are right? I mean, it's- are,
0: they're everything. They're getting pitched. Again, there's 900 energy drinks at the time. Yeah. We just use the drinks as the example. Same thing applies to selling headphones, being a podcast, selling phone cases. It doesn't matter what product you're selling. You're an accountant, a lawyer. There's thousands of accountants and lawyers in your town, right? You're a real estate agent. There's tens of thousands of real estate agents in your city. So you have to believe that you're the best real estate agent or the best accountant, or the best lawyer, or the best value or the best service. You have to be something to make you believe in it. And then if you are the people that you're talking to and pitching and selling, they're gonna believe it too.
1: Dude, belief is so important. And it's been something that I've been working on myself for so many years. I mean, I've had to come and do plant medicine for God's sake, to so try and fix some of the shit that it, from my my younger, younger age installed in my brain. You know, I failed, I was trying to make it pro in hockey. And I failed in that. And then I got into the bar industry. I failed in that. So over the years, there's been this story that's like, well, if you failed then, then you're going to fail now. And it's taken me this this time. And I just, I love hearing that because so many people are telling stories that aren't true. Every single
0: entrepreneur that people look up to in the world has mega failures, not mm-hmm. once over and over and over, even now when they're successful. Let me give you an example. Mark Zuckerberg arguably is one of the best entrepreneurs in history, built one of the biggest companies in history and acquired some of the best companies in history, right? Along the way, let's not talk about his failures in the past. What about his failures now? Being a mega, mega, mega zillionaire billionaire with 40, $50 billion, he buys companies or buys features, launches them. He has tens of thousands of employees, infinite amounts of money. I can't even count how many of them have already failed, 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 over and over and over. At least 10 or 20 that I can think off the top of my head that he acquired for 180 million, 700 million, 55 million, 1 billion, close down, close down, close down, close down. He didn't even have to close them down if you think about it. He could scale them down and just not talk about it. This is a guy that has failed over and over and over. The same thing happens with Elon Musk, uh, Bill Gates, all these guys that are tycoons of the industry. Richard Branson, he's got over 100 brands. Let's talk about the 40 or 50 that failed, right? Even though he has an ungodly amount of money, infinite amount of employees, unlimited branding, marketing access, he still fails even when he's got the huge fast forward button. So anybody that says that failure is bad, it's it's insanity. Everybody
1: fails from every single level. Yeah, It's so important to realize that too, because you only hear about the wins, right? Social media, especially, right? You see, and we compare ourselves to these, people that are killing it in our industry. And then we think, oh, well, they're at this level. So they're better than me. So I might as well not keep going. And you see it all the time. People are so close to winning yet. They, they stop before they get there. I threw my, my
0: events, my elevator nights events for free 38 times for six years before oh. I ever sold one event. Really? All my, elevator nights will always be free right? That's a passion project for me. But for six years, 38 events, completely free, no tickets, no sponsors, no sales on stage, just free, right? Then I launched the most expensive mastermind in the world. And people look at it like, how the hell did you do a mastermind that's so crazy about? Well, for six years and 38 events, I came out of pocket to throw these events all over the country. So when I finally said, oh, by the way, I'm going to sell something, I sold out because I built up that street cred all those years. Most people will throw zero or one event and then expect to be able to sell some high-ticket mastermind or high-level coaching. You know how many 19-year-old life coaches there are? Like, You haven't lived life yet. You can't be 19 and have a life coaching business. Let me just be blunt about that. Mm. And so it, it's it's fascinating to me when people think about the skipping to mm. being Dr. Dre as if he wasn't 20 years before. Beats by Dre happened 20 years later, right? Yes. We talk about all these legends like, Jay-Z does, he's a billionaire. Yeah, 19 19 years later, when he finally had a platinum record, <laughs> and then he yeah. became a billionaire, right? And built up and built clothing lines and brands and failure. We, we think about it like, I can't believe this person bought a sports team. Do you know what he went through for 14 years prior or 22 years prior? Hmm. And so it's it's hard because people look at the social media wins and don't grasp that. Even if you're only seeing the wins, right? You're not seeing the failures they're not seeing the time of the overnight success. They're not realizing everybody, and I mean everybody across the board, had a long period of time before they had that overnight success.
1: Let's talk about the failure a little bit more because this is, this is so valuable. How do you know when it's time to pivot or that it's a failure and it's like, okay, this may not be the way and for you specifically, or maybe an example of some of the high performers, successful people, you know, what's the process? You fail, you realized, you know, what do you go through? How do you bounce back? What's that look like? Sure. It's I
0: as soon as I realize that people don't care or I have to force something, I stop immediately. Mm. That 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 moment. There's no discussion. It's not how much I like it or how much I believe. The, the market dictates if you have a product or not, or a service that they care about, right? And so I'll give you an example. When the hoverboard space, I jumped into hoverboards, built the biggest hoverboard company on the planet, not even close. I'm in chain stores doing 900K a month and just per chain for Zoomies. And we do 5.4 million in sales. I spend $0 in marketing. Like we are the cat's pajamas, right? Our <laughs> little Wayne, everybody's, every, Justin Bieber, everybody's on our hoverboards, right? And then I see in the news over the course of two weeks, a few different hoverboards catch fire from competitors that use cheap batteries. FAA bans hoverboards to be even shipped on planes. That's it, it's over. I'm not gonna fight through that, right? Could I have kept selling and dropped from 5 million sales to 1 million or 500K or sold out of the back of the truck or discounted my prices or done something? I could have, but it's over, right? When the market shows you that people are now scared of hoverboards, I don't want to have to explain hoverboards anymore. I can't fight with news that's like CNN saying every hoverboard explodes. They don't. It was like eight of them in the world out of hundreds of thousands or millions of units. However, the, the narrative was there and it's it. I throw in the towel, close up shop. I wholesaled off all the remaining hoverboards and I came out clean. Online poker, same thing happened to me. Yeah. Online poker site, 550 poker sites in the world, right? On month 10, I'm already in the top five on the planet. This is great. $65 million valuation, millions of dollars in revenue, tens of of new players coming in every month. And then April 15th on Black Friday, my three competitors get shut, shut down by the FBI. Billions and zillions of dollars of money is seized. 16 bank accounts in 16 different countries is seized of their money. In countries that have non-treaty party. like I don't even know how they did it, like took their money, right? I didn't get shut down. I didn't get in trouble. I didn't get a letter. I didn't, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I could have kept going by default, I'm kind of the number one site in the world because they're, they're dead or in jail, right? They're all shut down by the FBI. That's not, that's not the game I want to play anymore. So over the next four days, I manually paid back tens of thousands of people so I could sleep at night and not wonder if the government was going to find something wrong, even though I wasn't doing anything wrong. They were going to try to find something or something was going to happen or were the players ever going to get paid back, which they didn't for like five years. The market was different. There's a big black stain on it. The FBI literally seized Full Tilt and star's websites. It literally said FBI on it, right? That's it. I throw in the towel. Is it hard to want to shut down a $65 million company overnight? Of course it is. But the decision is, do I fight through the pain and the potential loss of my players' money or the potential of this whole market getting ripped apart? No, the game's over. It's fine. I, I had a good run. Everything was fun. paid everybody back. Good. Like you have to know when the game is over, right? It's like musical chairs. If everybody put the chairs down you're like, wait, 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 hold on. FBI shoved your accounts down or FAA shuts down hoverboards.
1: That's it. I don't, I don't fight through those things because there's no point that I don't need to. That you have such good self-awareness though. Like that is great self-awareness of being able to unpack that. There's a lot of people, and this is why I'm so excited to have you on because you've created this success, but it's not by accident. Like you fucking have a mindset that ha- there, there's something going on there that allows you to look at this from different perspectives, allow yourself to not sit in there too long. And if you have to reinvent, you have to do it. You have to. So like the, the thing that I'm, I just like to really break it down for people, right? Like what are some things like some, when you get up in the morning, and you know, like you're dealing with a lot of money, a lot of companies, what is the simplest things that you do to kind of get yourself, you know, of course you can say morning routine or whatever, but just like, I need to get my mindset dialed in. I need to be ready and I need to feel at that level of, I'm going to fucking dominate today. Like, how do you get there? I So I turn
0: snowballs into avalanches. So what I do is at the very, right when I'm up in the morning, a lot of people say, don't look at your phone, don't do this, do your meditation. That's all great, I know who I am. I look at, When I wake up, I grab my phone and I start working. However, I start snowballs. So what I do is I text each of my group chats. If I have an event coming up, I text the group chat about it's happening as we speak, I'm watching my phone light up in the background. I text everybody this morning about our event coming up in Miami. Text the group chat, text out different people, people that are in the group chat, I text them individually to help push along the group chat. Boom, that's a snowball. It's gonna turn into an avalanche for the day. My event's gonna have buzz, right? Text my social media agency, text the the group chat, text the CEO separately, text the director of sales separately to help them want to do what I'm talking about in the main chat, boom, snowball starts, turns into an avalanche throughout the day. Hey, I got my acai bull chain, text the group chat, text the CEO separately, boom, away they go. Oh, gotta text the franchise guy too, we're gonna get some more franchise locations, boom, snowball, 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 right? Those texts all get fired out at 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m. Well, what happens by lunchtime? This group chats, all this action's happening, all this action, the avalanches are building, right? You can't stop an avalanche, right? I can start a snowball, I can't stop an avalanche. And so once I get these momentums happening across the board, I I don't have a choice. My day is full, it's fun, there's excitement, there's chats happening, emails, texts, calls, everything starts happening because I just pushed out snowball, snowball, snowball. Mm.
1: When you get to a level where you're at, who do you look to for advice for things? Like, So
0: I only have uh, two mentors uh, that are like my official guys. And then I have peers that I look up to that are way wealthier than me, but I'm doing this, this, and this better. Or they're not, but they're crushing it in some specific niche, right? There's something that I really want to do more and more of. Um, but really there's just two main guys. So uh, one guy's name is Jeff Freed. Uh, he was an investor in a bunch of big chains that we all know of. He was like usually the first check in a lot of big chain stores, chain restaurants. Uh, he's advised some household name athletes and celebrities uh, on their financial wealth, even though he does not he's not taking any money from them. He just co-invests alongside them. So it's fascinating to listen to him because he's been through the game for so many years, and he's helped a lot of athletes and celebrities with their money and time and businesses and personal brands. But then my main mentor, my whole I'd say like 12, 13 years. Uh, his name is David Mizell. Uh, he was the founder of Marvel Studios. So he created Iron Man, The Avengers, all these great films, uh, and then la- later sold out to Disney. Uh, he's been the only true person I talk to every single year. Well, I talk to him every, every week or every month, but like every year when there's like a big pivot or a big situation happening, we'll do like a full-fledged like one or two hour whiteboard session of like, if this, then that. Meaning... Okay. If you do raise money, then you're not going to, now you have investors. What happens if you don't raise money Then that? Okay. If you are going to sell this company, you're going to get this valuation, but what if you waited another year or two than that? Right. And so we go through, Oh, you're going to hire this person on to be the CEO. Okay. Well, that's this. What if you don't take them? You wait three more months to interview more people than that. And so uh, a few times a year, we have those big ones. And then like once a year, it's like, okay. This is like a situation, like I have to decide, am I moving to this city? Am I setting up an office in this country? Like, you know, those type of bigger things I'll sit and, you know, force him to give me real advice about those, those
1: things. Yeah. It's always interesting to see who everyone's mentors are or people that they, they look up to it's, it's fascinating because there's, there's so many people doing great things and it's important to have that too. You know, to yeah. have somebody to bounce ideas off or some guidance.
0: There's a lot of, there's also a lot of content you can get from the people you look up to, especially if you like a niche, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's great podcasts and social media content and YouTube content. You can listen to from Ed Milet, Tom Bilyeu, people that have had billion dollar exits and real come, not just like people that are talking about something, but like mm-hmm. build some mega company or, in that niche, right? Like you wanna learn from Jim Quick about mindset? Boom, you follow Jim Quick, you're gonna hear about brain hacks. That's the niche, right? You wanna learn about fitness and diet? Okay, this is the fitness person you really wanna to listen to. Uh, so I would say that there's a lot of content that you can create uh, or listen to on YouTube and from podcasts from people in a niche and then in general, people that you're just impressed with. You're like, oh, I'm would like. i I'm impressed with that person. I like Ed Milette's lifestyle because he's besides the hundreds of millions of dollars, family man, golfing with his kids, traveling for every high school volleyball game. Like if you like that about a person, you can dive in and really consume their content. And it feels like they're a mentor to you because most of the things that they're going to say to you on the phone are, are there on YouTube and on their podcast. The only difference is Q&A, right? And a lot of times these people you can catch on Q&A by literally DMing them, jumping on their live streams, going to their live events. Most of the interesting characters that you look up to are out there. Uh, maybe, maybe they're on Clubhouse now. You can go on Clubhouse and ask them questions on Clubhouse. Like they are out. They are. It's su- surprisingly you can get a hold of almost
1: anybody that has social media, which is most most people. It's fascinating. Yeah, there's so much information to learn out there. Like again, like even on your social, even on your Instagram, you know, like there's so much valuable. I'm not just like blowing smoke up your ass here. I'm. I'm. There's a lot of people that have content, but then there's content that is really useful and helpful. Just about you're able to you know, take these things that we think about and teach them in a way that's super simple and easy to apply. And that is so important in a relatable way.
0: So most social media content is made for the person producing it instead of made for the people that are watching mm. it. And so all my content's made for the people. I don't do selfies. I don't do pat me on the back posts. I do explanations of why I'm in a situation or why my business is growing or why my business is closing, or why this investing is interesting, or why this is expanding. Uh, And I say it in a simple fashion because I want to be shareable for people to understand. And it's not that I'm dumbing it down for the people. It's that I might be talking about something that's just a different niche than you've heard about before. So I have to make it bite-sized and easy to consume. And then if you want to dive deeper or hear more uh, advanced techniques or advanced thinking about it, then that content will be live somewhere else. I can't do that in 60 seconds, right? Mm. And so I try to make my bite-sized content easy for people to to chew on. And then they can go dive deeper on more advanced stuff in other types of content, like on our academy or something.
1: Yeah, it's powerful, man. Valuable stuff. So there's a question I want to ask you around obviously adversity and challenges in your life. If you had to think about Probably, if you had to think about one challenge or struggle that you've gone through in your life and overcome that had the most impact on your life today, what would that be?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the day I closed down the poker site was the most darkest, critical days from a business perspective outside of friends passing away. Um, that was the day that changed my entire business career because I was all in. You know, I put on a backpack moved to a place called Malta, never heard of Malta before I flew there. Mm. Right. I just went there, stayed in a hotel room for a few days and then moved into an apartment and never left. Like I that was I was all in. You couldn't be more all in than when I was there. And to to for April 15th to happen, it was 10, 10 in the morning I, everything is so clear in my mind. That was the most life changing day because all of a sudden I am by default closing down a company that's crushing it. Right. Mm. I literally didn't get a letter. I didn't have to close. I could have just I, what I could have also done just shut down U.S., kept it overseas. Almost have to, almost 50% of my user base was overseas. I could have kept a successful business going, and just blocked the Americans. And that was it. I realized I never want to have all my eggs in one basket again. I don't trust the government in, not to go after me the way that they went after them, even though I wasn't doing anything that they did. I just didn't want to be like an example or be number one by default. Right? It's just it's a weird vulnerable experience, not just for myself, because I could fight through it because I wasn't doing anything wrong. I could fight through that part easily. But my customers, like the Full Tilt Poker Stars, billions of dollars was seized and the fans didn't get their money back for so many years. Most didn't get their money back at all. And so I was was nervous about protecting the, the users. And so that's where I came up with the saying, don't sit on the floor and cry about it. What that means is April 15th happens. April 16th, I had every right to cry, right? I had every right to stay under the sheets, close the doors, close the shades, and just cry under the bed. Woe is me, right? Like, instead, what did I do on April 16th? I was doing a dozen, two dozen interviews on every news channel that would listen to me, showing my bank accounts, the merchant transactions, us paying everyone back. Like, hey guys, if you if you have any way to get a hold of us, refund your money right now, withdraw your money right now. We are paying it. Like. I did every news interview possible just to get everybody going. In that horrible business moment of just shuttering a company that by no fault of your own, the scoreboard is a scoreboard though, right? If you look back, a loss is a loss, right? You don't know if LeBron James misses the basket or the other player misses the basket, LeBron James still loses, right? Even if the other player misses the shot, the scoreboard is the scoreboard for that game. My game was the scoreboard's a scoreboard, the scoreboard. It, it, it went away. We had a grid run and then it failed. And so through that adversity, through that tough time, through that dark business moment, I got hired by four land-based casinos to consult for them. I got hired by Morgan Stanley to consult for them for a year. These people completely overpaid me, which helped me recoup to get my life back. And I realized I'm never gonna have all my eggs in one basket again. I became an angel investor. I've invested in 36 companies since then. I started my social media agency then. So the whole course of my life my charity, my social media agency, my angel investing, and my speaking all started that year
1: mm-hmm.
0: from shuttering a company. And so, through those dark moments in the time when you're spending those four days and you want to cry, and everybody's like, "There's massive confusion." At the end of that, I mean, you know, people always say, "There's a silver lining," or "There's, there's this, you know, whatever pot of gold at the end of the rainbow." All those different fun sayings. It's true, mm. right? Because if it's not true, you die, right? If you don't get to the end of the rainbow, something happened and you died. Mm. If you don't find the silver lining, it's because you died before you found it. It's there. Yeah. It's, it's literally there. And so I just push forward as fast as I can to find those things. Meaning I do absolutely everything. That the, the reason people say or see that I'm doing so many different companies and so many different events and so many, most people have one mastermind. I've got three. Most people have one investment. I got 37. Right. I'm I'm doing everything. It looks crazy. That's because I take relentless actions every single day. And I know how short life is. I've watched dear friends and family members pass away way too early. And not a few of them, but like 16 or 17 of them. And so emotionally inside of me, I know I'm gonna die. Right. And I've watched people of my age or younger than me pass away. And so that's stuff I don't talk about. It's that makes me want to work morning, noon, and night. And People think about like, oh, we should enjoy your life. I love it. I love the game. You could you, I'm gonna say this very clearly. If someone paid me, if Zuckerberg said, I will give you one billion dollars to sit on this island, right? You gotta sit on the beach and you can't leave. Not only would I not take it, I would say no so fast as head would spin. Right. And everybody's like, Oh, you're crazy, you know what you could do with a billion dollars. I don't care about money. I like the game and I, life to me is literally not about money. I haven't owned a car in seven years. I don't have anything flashy I had the same watch for 12 years. I don't care about that stuff. I want the game. Every time money comes in, I do something else with another company or another charity or another event, another company. It's get it away from me. I don't need money. I want it to go out and do stuff. And if I get more back, boom, I'm going to put it out again. And so it's, it's strange for people to hear that because they're like, oh, you're a workaholic. I am. Cause I like it. If I didn't like it, I would do something else.
1: Yeah, bro. It's powerful. It's also, I think a lot of your successes, your relationship with it is like, you're not gripping it so tight. Like I got to make this, I need to make this money. Right. A lot of people, a lot of people almost do themselves a disservice, right. About like wanting to, they have to create this money so badly that they actually push it away and like, they're missing the point a lot of the times and it's like the creative aspect of it and it's the connections and all these different things is what brings the the wealth into your life would you agree
0: yeah most times people don't realize what they're making the money for is irrelevant mm-hmm. meaning people are like oh i gotta crush it so i can go buy a lambo yeah what yeah
1: for what like
0: i I literally won't never spend $300,000 on Lambo because you know what I could do with $300,000 on this company or that project or that charity or that event?
1: Mm.
0: I'm going to flip yeah. it and flip it and flip it and buy 10, like you could buy 10 Lambos. Yeah. And so often people cripple themselves because they work, 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 work. And they do everything they can to get this, a three bedroom apartment when they only have one, butt. right. You can only sit in one, one chair or one bed. Mm. And oftentimes people are like, oh, well, I got a three bedroom so I could flex to who? Nobody comes to your place. Nobody cares if you have a patio on your three bedroom. Save yourself 1,400 bucks a month and get a one bedroom. You know what 1,400 bucks a month is? It's 20 grand a year. Mm. And over the next decade, that's 200 grand. But not just 200 grand, it's money that 20 grand a year you could be using for other stuff. It actually ends up being like 500K. You're like, wait, wait, wait. If I just went from removing one bedroom and saving 1,400 bucks, I would have 500,000 extra. And people look at it like, I got to go to the fanciest this, I got to get the fanciest building, I got to get the fanciest car. And all of a sudden they spend $1,200 a month or $800 a month on their car. They don't realize what 10 grand a year really means over the course of time. 10 grand a year is a lot because it's also 10 grand a year that you're, it's pre-tax money. So it's actually like 14 grand a year. And because you're spending it here, you can't use it over here to let it compound to do other stuff. And so it's fascinating to me watching, a lot of young entrepreneurs and middle-aged and older entrepreneurs that just do it for the stuff. And then when they get the stuff, literally never makes them happy. I've never met a single person that's bought a fancy car that cared about it a month later, ever, not once. Yeah. So I I like the experiences. I like family and friends. I like the game. And so that is things that I spend money on. Uh, But oftentimes I see people like struggling and fighting to make money so that they can buy something they don't need or increase their overhead. Like, oh, I'm gonna move to a much bigger house. For what? When you have that much bigger house, you're gonna be in your bedroom, your living room and your kitchen. That's it. Everything above your bedroom, living room and kitchen is irrelevant. So let's just be blunt. You don't go to your library. You don't go to the den. You don't go to those extra rooms. And so too often people are always worried about all those other things that they actually never use.
1: So true. So true. You know, I was thinking about this and this question I was gonna ask you, I was thinking about it. And I think it would be a really relevant question, you know, with the show and what's going on in the world right now. And you've probably been asked this before, but I think it's really important just to see. And there's a couple There's a couple of things to it. So if you had to start from scratch, I'm gonna try and word this in a different way that you haven't been asked. If you lost everything, what would you do? Okay. If you had to start with a thousand bucks today, you couldn't, you couldn't recreate anything that you've recreated. You couldn't use any of the relationships, but you can use the acquired knowledge that you have. And that thousand bucks today, how would you do it? What would you do? I literally wrote a book called how
0: to set Up your business yeah. for under $1,000. Yeah, <laughs> uh, So I actually use this question as my finale question for panels Mm -hmm. because so I have a bit of a cheat code of what my answer is because I've already lived it. So my answer is, let's say I woke up in a random country and I had no access to my cell phone, so I can't use my contacts, but I have what's in my brain. Mm. My number one absolute hands down version of what I would do is I would plan an event for that Sunday. Okay, so let's say I wake up, it's Monday or Tuesday, whatever it is, and I'm in this foreign country, I have no cell phone, and I would pick a niche. So let's say I'm gonna go with real estate for this example. You can pick real estate, cars, jewelry, sports cards, doesn't matter what it is, whatever that you like. I'm gonna just say real estate. This Sunday, I'm gonna throw a real estate event in this city, okay? I have no idea what the city is, right? I just woke up, I'm in London, for example, and I walk in to every place that I can around town and ask for referrals to people in the real estate space. And when I walk in, I'm throwing this great event on Sunday. It's going to be at this venue. What's the venue? Well, before I walked in, I walked to one of the streets and I've asked the restaurant owners and the hotel say, Hey, I'm going to invite a hundred real estate people this Sunday at 6 PM. Can I use your place? I can't pay for it, but I'm going to invite 100 people that have money to your place they'll spend money. They'll buy drinks at the bar, they'll buy food, they'll, they'll pay for your valet, they'll be here at your hotel or your restaurant. So I spend nothing. I don't have a cell phone, okay? All I know is that Sunday at 6 p.m. at the Marriott, for example, I'm going to bring 100 people. Whether I end up bringing 42 or 420, literally have no idea, but I'm going to roam the streets. And I go outside the Marriott, and when I'm talking to the valet, I'm asking the valet guys, hey, do you guys know any real estate people in town? You know any real estate agents? Of course they do, because everybody knows somebody in real estate. And all of a sudden, after I get one or two connections, or they tell me, oh, yeah, there's a Century 21 office there, and Coldwell Banker's over there, and Remax is over there, I just literally walk in and start inviting them like, hey, by the way, would your CEO speak at my event on Sunday at six o'clock? They're like, oh, yeah, let me ask him. And all of a sudden, I got the CEO of Remax in London speaking to my event this Sunday at 6 p.m. I've still spent zero dollars. It's probably not even lunchtime yet. I don't need a cell phone. I didn't have a flyer. I can make one. I could probably go to a coffee shop and use their internet there and make a flyer. I'll get to that later. And then I go outside and I start doing the same thing. And now I try to find the fancy hotel around there, or I try to find the cool, the cool place. And I'm just asking people on the street to point me in the direction because I have no idea where I am. I've never been to London, right? And London can be any country, any city. The example is the same. And the niche can be anything. It can be real estate, cars, anything. And so what happens in this example is during those next five days, I'm going to places that have food and drinks. So when I'm interacting with people, I might get snacks here, food there, drinks here and there from the people I'm asking advice from or asking for connections from or saying I want to use their venue. While I'm there, they might offer me snacks or drinks, right? And so I'm surviving because I don't have any money, right? I have my thousand bucks. I don't want to spend it. (laughs) So you see what's going? Yes. So in this whole process, I'm meeting all the movers and shakers in town by asking the valets, the concierges, as they're introducing people or recommending people, they want to because Dan's throwing a cool event this Sunday at six o'clock. So when I go meet those people or tell those people about it, it looks good to the valet guy or to the concierge. When I'm at that REMAX office or that Coldwell Banker office or Century 21 office, it looks good to their bosses that I invited them to speak at my really cool event this Sunday at 6 o'clock. I'm willing my event into action, right? I believe that Sunday at 6 o'clock, I'm going to have 100 people. And by definition, if I go for the next five days in a row, just knocking and calling and knocking and calling and using people's phones if I have to, I don't have a cell phone. Right? I haven't spent my $1,000 yet. And <laughs> yeah. between there, at nighttime, I'm going to the, the restaurants. I'm going to the bar. Even if I'm standing by the bar and I'm not ordering anything because I don't, don't want to spend any money, I'm networking. So I'm at the cool hotel. I'm at the cool bar, the cool restaurant. How do I know where that is? The valet guys and concierge know everything. And once you start getting in the groove, you just start, it's like a choose-your-own-adventure. You start meeting all these people so fast. Everything I just said could happen in the first day. Now it starts to compound because now oh yeah I've, I got I know Johnny I know Jennifer I know Roberto I met all these people these cool people at the bar last night you know what maybe I will spend forty bucks or hundred bucks on a prepaid phone maybe I need one because I met so many people last night I should probably have a phone right and so through that process you're meeting all the people in town and by Sunday I'm gonna have hundreds of people on that phone my event's gonna be humongous because every single day. I'm not doing anything else, but walking through the streets. I'm not using Uber. I'm not using Lyft. I don't have a fancy phone. I don't need, I don't even need taxis taxi. If I like, I will get rides from people at some point. Cause I'm going to start making friends every day. You know why? Cause Dan's throwing the coolest event in town this Sunday at six o'clock at the Marriott. Mm-hmm. So they want to be around me just as much as I, they don't realize my situation. They don't realize I just got dropped off in the middle of nowhere. What if they said, who the fuck are you? Why would I come to your event? What do you mean? Everybody's coming to my event. this Sunday at six o'clock at the Marriott. Doesn't matter who I. It doesn't matter who I am. Everybody's coming (laughs) to my event. Yeah, I'm just the messenger, right? Mm. But once I book the CEO of Remax, or I book the CEO over here, or the guy over here, I now leverage their personal brand. I'm irrelevant. Mm. I'm the flyer boy. I'm just passing out the flyer. I'm just telling you, hey, Sunday at six o'clock is a dope event.
1: I you don't want to miss out on these people because I'm just bringing these people together. Don't come if you don't want, but you're gonna miss out. I edify myself because I'm throwing the event, Mm. but it's not based on me.
0: You Uh, just have to believe that these people are coming and I'm going to speak with conviction that they are, because I believe they are too. Even when you're the first person, even if you were the first human I met, if you were the first human I met and I knew I had Sunday, six o'clock books, I would tell you with conviction, there's gonna be a hundred people there. Cause I know I'm going to do everything I can to make a hundred people show
1: up. Dude, that's so powerful. Because again, that, that's the reframing of it is like, it's not about us. You're just putting it, you're just putting an event. And, and this is great for anybody that's listening because there's a lot of people that want to throw summits and events, but they're like, first of all, it becomes about, damn, why the fuck would anybody want to go right. you know, for whatever reason? And when you switch that, that's so powerful, dude. And now think about what happens on Sunday.
0: People are now asking favors. Hey, can I get my friends in? hey, can I get my girl in? Hey, is it okay if I bring my husband or my boss? They now are asking you a favor to come to your event on Sunday at six o'clock, right? And then when the doors open, now it really gets interesting because what happens with those 100 people that are there? It's probably gonna be 184 of them, not 100. And when they walk in the door, what do they wanna do? They wanna take a picture with Dan. Dan's throwing this awesome event. There's 184 people in the real estate game at the Marriott on Sunday night. And then they all start posting about it I don't even have social media right now because I don't. My phone isn't even a smartphone; it's a prepaid phone.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But what's everybody doing? They're posting on social media about Dan's events. Dan's got the coolest real estate event. You guys should be here. Oh, this, I can't wait to see the CEO of REMax. He's speaking at six thirty.
1: Mm.
0: Guess who Dan is by Sunday night? Guess who Dan is by Monday morning? Dan is the man in London in the real estate game on Monday morning. I mean, the man. Right? Dan knows everybody. His, his lunch card is full. I got lunches booked for the rest of the week because everybody wants to come on a, my next event, mm. right? And so in that one week, I've leveraged myself. I leverage other people's brands, audiences, and cell phones to come to my event to put me up on stage. I'm hosting. I got the microphone, so mm. I'm edifying myself, right? You're all taking pictures and videos of me. I'm inviting up the CEO of Remax. I now have brand affiliation with him because he runs Remax in London. Everybody there is posting about him. He's gonna repost it, and now what happens? The press follows this guy. Uh, every big, every big baller in town follows this guy. Every zillionaire follows this guy, right? And then his wife reposted, and she knows every socialite in town. Uh, now everybody wants to hang out with me, or date me, or come to my events, or network with me, or pitch me. It's been a week, and I spent sixty-four dollars on a prepaid phone.
1: Everybody, we got to go back and listen to that over. That was fucking gold. <laughs> Bro, I love it. So, okay, well, let's talk about online event. Let's say you had access to a computer because yeah. there's a lot of people wanting to build events, You yeah. know, myself included. And again, it's like, well, how do I, what do I start? How do I create buzz? How do I sell it when we don't know who the fuck's going to come? Like who's going to commit? How do we do that?
0: You get the first ones, like my old example about getting 7-Eleven first, you get your first speaker. You're like, okay, Dan's going to be speaking at my event,
1: Mm.
0: right? Now you call up Dan's friends or you DM Dan's friends like, hey, Dan's speaking at my event at 12 o'clock. Would you mind speaking at one o'clock? And you message Bradley, Cole Hatter, Ed Milet, Andy Fursella, clever investor. You start going down the line. Well, guess what? Even if only one of them responds, now you're like, guess what? Dan and Tom, Bill, you are speaking at 12 o'clock and one o'clock. I got my two o'clock spot open. Do you want to speak here? And then you message 10 more speakers, right? And it's like, it's just bricks building a house. But the hardest part is the first one or two, because once you have the first one to to commit to speaking, if you had the CEO of Remax in that example, you can get everybody else, right? If you have Dan in the example, you can get some other of my friends and then you can get everybody else, right? And so- if you get the character that you care about in your situation, if you're towing, you're doing a health and mindset, okay, get Jim quick. If you get Jim quick, you'll get everybody else because they all look up to him and love him for his brain. And so l- getting that first and second speaker is the most important part. Those are your snowballs that turn into avalanches.
1: Dude, absolute gold. Absolute gold. Oh, man, I'm going to have to go and listen to that again because- it really is just about simplifying it and getting out of our own head. Right? Like, I, yeah. My own my own peers and partners
0: and dear friends and speakers, they always think I'm crazy when I'm like, yeah, let's throw this event on Sunday. When I say that Sunday thing, that's real. Mm. Like literally you know in five days time or one week time, I've thrown full-fledged thousand person events. Where eight days prior, I hadn't even thought about it. And I'm like, hey, this Sunday, here's the location. Let's book it. I'm going to ask all these speakers. I don't know who's going to confirm. And within one day, it all just comes together. Mm-hmm. It. People overthink it. Like, I'm going to book my event for June 2022. What? I don't know if I'll be alive in June 2022. I don't even like. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm literally throwing a dinner in Miami this Thursday. And in the following week, I'm doing. Phoenix, LA to San Diego in a back-to-back three nights in a row, three different events, hmm. fancy f- 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 yeah. production events. That's insane, right? Yeah, and nice. My my event production team thinks I'm crazy. My staff thinks I'm crazy. My speakers think I'm crazy. And guess what? We're doing it. I've done it before. I've done three back-to-back nights before. Like I have to do it because I have a timeline mm. for my bigger event. Anyway, so yeah. it, even when it sounds crazy, the difference is, I don't lallygag, meaning I don't sit around. The reason it takes some people four five, six months to plan it out, we're gonna do this this time, then we're gonna do this, then we're gonna do slow drip, no. Book your speakers, book your venue, book your time slots, book the production team, book, your, book everything right now. What do you need to wait till Wednesday for and then next Friday for, and then two months from now for, for what? It's a checklist. My checklist is I need a venue, Right. Or if I'm doing it online, I need my domain name. I need my landing page. I need my ads. Right. I needed to know what people do. I need my email funnel. So once they get in, I can send them their emails or texts. I need to pick my speakers and time slots. I need to make social media content so they can all repost it. Everybody thinks that it takes two, three, four, five months. It does. If you lally gag, right. If you sit on, if it's, I don't, I go through my checklist today. I have a group chat today. I make a group chat right now for an event. Literally my group chat, my first promo for my event that's on Thursday happened today for Miami. That's literally my first one. Guess what? We're going to be full by tonight because everybody's going to repost it. Everybody's going to share it. I sat there and texted all the group chats, the flyers. I texted my friends that live in Miami the video. I said, hey, I'm coming to your city this Thursday. Literally, that's what I spent my morning doing snowball, 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 snowball. Mm. The registrations are, they're all happening. The same thing that people would like, okay, I'm going to do this on this day. Then maybe we should all meet about and talk about it on this day. Then let's review it on this day. No, mm. right now, here's the checklist. And then as I do those things, it causes momentum. Cause then I tell my staff, the other speakers, the other people in town, Hey, I'm going to do this event on Thursday. I already got confirmations from this person, this person, this person. I can't wait to see you. Like the momentum is happening because all this stuff, I'm just starting a bunch of snowballs.
1: Yeah. Dude it's so powerful, man. Everybody procrastinates way too much, including myself. And you're absolutely right. If you just get things done right now, it becomes a lot easier as well. So dude, thank you so much for sharing that brother, because that is such a valuable, such a valuable point in people's lives. Because everybody's looking to create success in whatever they're doing, but it's most times it's the procrastination. It's the overthinking. So thank you so much for sharing that brother. I know we're coming up to the end of time here. I just wanted to kind of ask you one more thing to just kind of send the listeners away. It's been obviously a challenging year for a lot of us. People have gone through a lot of different levels of shit, adversity, struggle, whatever you want to call it. What are some what are some tips for, let's, let's do specifically like an entrepreneur, like a, a one walk away tip or tool or resource that somebody's struggling right now that they can apply in their life right now? So uh, I think the main thing is to these three words that I use
0: for everything is just get started. So what happens is we think about things and we, we're in our own stuff, right? We're like, oh, I got fired or my office needs me less hours. Well, if you're good at playing the guitar, then make online tutorials, make online social media content and try to do a Zoom session teaching people guitar for 40 bucks an hour, 60 bucks an hour. It's probably more than you make at your job. Right? If you're really good at Spanish or math, start training and start doing tutoring. Tutoring is going to go through the roof 2021, 2022 and beyond because so many kids are not are going to be homeschooled now. And so many people Uh, have a lot more time on their hands and start wanting to learn hobbies, languages, and skills. So if you're really good at something, start making social media content today. You know how much that costs? That's right, $0. Put yourself up on all the tutoring-related websites. If you're good at playing guitar, you put up your profile on takelessons.com and you can start offering your services on guitar. You're really good at Spanish or Chinese or Russian or whatever, put up those language offerings here. Message everyone in town that you're tutoring. Take pieces of paper and put on phone light poles for all I care. Message it out on Facebook boards. Tell the mothers associations in your local area and community. Start offering your tutoring services all around town for Spanish, math, guitar, whatever, magic tricks. I don't care. Whatever you're good at or you like, these are things that are free. Like literally free. And so oftentimes people are so dependent on their job, which is, completely understandable. However, there's a lot of other hours outside of that to be able to earn extra income. So if you lost your job or lost certain amount of hours of your job because it's, it's less or they don't want you to come in the office for now, so you're working from home and you know you have more time, there are lots of ways to earn extra revenue outside of the obvious ones. You could drive for Lyft and Uber. You could drive for Instacart. You could drive for Amazon, hired one over a million people. A lot of companies are hiring massive scale to make extra side income. But if you wanna throw an event, book a date. You don't need a bunch of money. If you're gonna do it virtually, you definitely don't need much money. Book a date, get your website, get your your ads, social media ads that you can film on your, on your cell phone. Get your landing page that you can write up yourself or ask an expert to do it for you for a few hundred bucks. You don't need the $10,000 copywriter. You don't need the $5,000 video. You don't need those, you literally don't need them. Yes. But if you're gonna do it,
1: just get started. You heard it, ladies and gentlemen. The man, the myth, the legend, Dan Fleischman. <laughs> Brother, that was absolute gold. Where where can everybody check you out? I know it's the usual question, but where, where do you want to send everybody so that they can learn more about you? Sure. Uh, all my social media is the same. It's just at Dan
0: Fleischman. That's important for you guys. Every social media platform should have the same bio, same photo, and same screen name. Mm.
1: I noticed that about you, is that you have the same photo in every bio, yep. even on Clubhouse everywhere. Yep. Because remember yeah. the game, like memory or like yeah. clue? You remember, oh, white shirt, black
0: glasses. Oh, the, the, yeah. the guy with the tie and the beard. We are bombarded by 3,500 logos and faces per day on mm-hmm. average. And we don't even realize it. So think about 3,500 times 30. It means you're seeing... 100,000 faces and brands per month, over a million per year. So mm-hmm. it's rude of us when we say, oh, you don't remember me? No, our, our brains are bombarded. Right now I'm sitting here, there's probably 70 logos in front of me and I don't even realize it. Mm. And so I, uh, I try to make it as simple as possible and I implore people to make it simple. Wear the same shirt in every single picture, use the same bio, use the same screen name.
1: I did that just, I honestly did that. I was looking around and I saw you did that. So I try to find one that stood out, especially like on clubhouse as well, because, you know, it's like, it's just this crowd full of people. And it's like, you know, how, how does that even, how does somebody even yeah. fucking stand out? Yeah. So I went and I changed the same. So it had like this, I don't know, this certain look to it. And it's such that right there is such an important thing for people to know because you go around and each person has a different picture and you're like, how are you going to remember that person? Like, how is, how is that even going to, how are you going to click that? Hey, that's that person again. Like it's, you know? Yep. Yeah, totally. All right, brother. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming Sounds on. Good. This is absolute fire, man. Dan, Dan Fleshman, everybody. Thanks everybody. Hope you enjoyed episode 300. Please. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button, wherever you're watching this or listening to this, you guys can leave us a review on Apple, it's always greatly appreciated. Helps the show grow, helps people see it, all that stuff. And all the information for Dan is gonna be in the show notes. I highly recommend going and checking out all his Instagram accounts. Get familiar with it, follow him. If you wanna learn how to do all the things, go check out Dan. He's he's giving away so much and he's he's doing great work. So it was an absolute pleasure to have him. And I want to thank my man, Steve Astafin for, for introducing us and allowing us to connect because Dan's a busy guy and he gave us his time so he could drop value in your guys' lives. Check out the crowdfunding campaign. You guys for mastering adversity, it's all in the show notes, feel free to purchase a book. One of the bundles university of adversity summit is going to be absolute fire. More details to come. There's gonna be three days of six speakers, jam-packed, gonna give lots of value. It's gonna be fun. Also, there's bundles with my coaching one-on-one on how to launch a proper, successful podcast. My my way, my unique way, how to how to reach out to guests, how to interview properly. There's all the things we're gonna teach you, and we're gonna do that in two hours. And that's one of the bundles for the packages. Love you guys. I appreciate you. We'll catch you next time.